Welcome to Trash Compactor. I'm Josh, and joining me today is Murray. Oh, hello. Johnny. Hello there. And Bracey. Hi, everybody. Today we're going to be talking about part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Part four, as we mentioned last time, the show sort of eschews... Am I saying that right? Eschew? Do you know what I'm talking about? has no individual episode titles, which is a bummer, but but it kind of contributes to the sense of this as one long movie, which I just read that once the finale goes live on Disney+, Plus, they're actually releasing this theatrically, or they're showing them as like an event theatrically in a theater, which is cool. Really? I, yeah. I might go and see that. Yeah, yeah I see think it all 20... played out as... They would have to do some edit, right? Because like watching a movie that has like a cliffhanger every 45 minutes, you'd be like, all right. Well, no. Well. So what I think they're just doing. So so from my understanding, I think that they're just showing all six episodes as individual episodes all together. Oh, like oh, one oh, okay. but, mm. but I digress. We're talking about part four. Bracey, overall thoughts on part four and the show so far? Well, th- this um, series, unlike all the other ones, I have been watching with my daughters. And so it has been a trip to, to, to experience this with them. And, and it, 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 it's actually, uh, I'm getting all the old feelings of watching star Wars and discovering star Wars with this show, um, in a way that I haven't, I, I didn't think was possible. So I'm really, I'm really enjoying this. That's cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you think it's because you're sharing it, uh, with your daughters? Um, yeah, because I like the same way when you watch a movie in the movie theater, like, when the when you have that like energy that is being shared in the theater and people are reacting together, it changes the experience of whatever it is you're watching. Like I I remember uh, 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 Independence Day fondly because I saw it in the theater with a bunch of people and it everybody was like yelling at the screen. So moments like in, in this kind of especially like the ending where uh, uh, it, we reveal the bad robot. I don't know if that's like spoilers <laughs> or skipping to the head. Sorry, uh, but anyway. Um, I guess there's no no spoiler warnings when you no know the best episode. It's a reaction uh, episode, so. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, my girls were like, oh my God. Like, you know, like. That's so awesome. That's so them, awesome. It hit them so hardcore and they mm. loved it. And I mean, they really loved the whole thing that I was just like, it allowed me to get past the, uh, I don't know, like the just being done with like, oh, I've seen this all before kind of feeling of anything of star wars of action movies of like plot story all this stuff it's like oh yeah this is awesome this just just like settling into the hey this is a fun awesome ride and yeah i i've been enjoying no totally i agree like i think something that that comes with age and with seeing a lot of movies and a lot of tv and stuff like you you kind of can't help but go into something with your critical and um cynical hackles up Right. Yeah. So yeah. so it's sort of like a way to short circuit that or disarm. I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's really yeah. cool. Uh, shout out to Amelie. I know she's she's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Amelie. Johnny, your reaction to episode four. Um, I really enjoyed watching it. I watched it twice. Um, the second time I actually liked it more. Uh, but I, I feel like there was there were things about it that I thought were a little bit like redundant. Because I feel like they they touched upon similar plot points, like oh, like we have to rescue Leia again, and it's like oh, we just did that. Now they're going to do it again and stuff like that. But the feeling of it and the uh, the the urgency of it, I still really like. I mean, I just, I'm just I'm just a big fan of this show, and um, 
And I, I like the aspect of uh, Obi-Wan getting his mojo back in this mm-hmm. episode, which mm. I thought was kind of cool. But uh, we could talk about it after we get uh, Murray's impressions. But I feel like um, some of the things that were done in this, and I think I texted both of you about this afterward, I was just kind of like scratching my head a little bit as to like why the bad guys were doing what they were doing. And like, I feel like... Uh, it's funny because at the beginning of this, you were talking about how they, they're probably going to release all these episodes like theatrically once they're done with the season finale. Mm. And watching this episode, it made me think like, should this whole show be a movie? Because I mm-hmm. feel like uh, the things that they give us are great, but specifically watching the length of the episode that I watched uh, the, the last episode, I was like, I feel like they're giving us like five minutes of information in 45 Mm. minutes. And I feel like uh, this episode probably could have been cut down to maybe like a good 15, 20 minute episode. And, Mm. uh, and they could have reorganized some of the things about it. But, um, but yeah, that being said though, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially the second time. I just kind of let go of all that shit the second time. Mm. I was like, this is great. (laughs) But like, but we'll talk about the pacing and editing after this. Yeah, I have some thoughts about that as well. But first, I want to get Murray's general reactions to this episode. To to this episode, overall, this show has been like, it's been hitting me in a very similar way that Bracey was talking about, where you're just like, this is like something like I would, even though I'm not, don't want to pin them against each other, but I would say Mandalorian is the better show. But this show is hitting me in ways that Mandalorian didn't at all. This is like making me like think about like life and shit like that. Like it's uh, Mm -hmm. where Mandalorian was like, Oh, this is a cool ride. I hope nothing bad happens. But this episode did seem a little bit like it was treading water and stuff. Uh, No pun intended, right. For all the swimming and that's an end shit. But like it was, it seemed like Johnny was saying there's only like five minutes of information. So, and the stuff that I had wrong with it were like, so, nitpicky that it's it's just played for a comic effect on this show like i'm not sitting there like this is the fucking worst thing ever but it's like i was like what is the stormtroopers line of sight like you see the stormtrooper and obi-wan <laughs> in the same shop before obi-wan hides but just like things like that and and they like the woman knocks someone out just like 12 feet behind another person and leaves the body in like plain sights like clearly you've never played metal gear solid but um so it but what? other than that i was just like um I was like, oh, that's kind of dumb. That's kind of dumb. This is the greatest show of all time. That's kind of dumb. Oh, no, I love this fucking show. Oh, that's kind of dumb. So it was like it was on and off and stuff like that. But the scenes that like really hit far, far, far surpass any of the minor nitpicky stuff that I I don't like. I'm in complete agreement with you uh, because I feel like the things that we can nitpick about uh, after this, I was Mm -hmm. like, it's fine. Like I was totally like it didn't break it for me. I was like, this is this is like I still all the pros of it. I was like, the pros far exceeded the, uh, yeah. the nitpicky shit. And I think what I'm, I'm thinking, cause I don't think that you can make star Wars and be like lazy or anything. So I don't think we're seeing stuff that they're not seeing. I think we're looking through it, even though we're going like, no, this isn't really for our age group anymore, but we like it. The people making star Wars are like, no, the reason why this, the, the, you know, stormtroopers have this line of sight is because we need to build tension for Bracey's daughters that are watching it and don't understand the fine, you know, like uh, the nuances that adult, uh, you know, 40 year old men are gonna, <laughs> are gonna do like, so that's going to make them on edge because when we find out there's a tracking device, we all know that it's on 
the little on Lola, right? Like that's you right. know that before it did. So the reveal is like redundant, but like I Grace didn't was know. Saying, I, I oh. didn't realize until that shot was lingering and then started to move down. And I'm like, oh no shit, it's on the robots on uh, the robot. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so so they put it on her somehow for a second, the way that yeah. she set it up. Yeah. Uh, the way that yeah. she was like, I, I'm pretty sure it's going to follow him closely yeah. wherever he goes or something. Yep. And so and, like I think any weakness is like a conscious decision that they go like, no, it's it's worth like this weaker aspect to build attention for like the younger audience. That's, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, was, I don't. Go ahead. No, it's okay, Jada. You go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, like some of the, like some of the things that um, we've talked about. Uh, you and I, Bernhard, we talked about this in the past about the Last Jedi, and this has nothing to do with content. I actually like the Last Jedi a lot. I think it's the best Star Wars sequel that they made. Um, that being said. I thought some of the issues of The Last Jedi were about like the pacing of the revelations and stuff like that. So there's not enough time to like marinate in the moment of whatever mm. they set up. And I feel like this episode did a little bit of that too, where like specifically what you're referring to, Marie, where it's like she's at her post and some guy's like, uh, you're not supposed to be here. We got to talk. And you're like, oh, no. She got caught, and then literally a second later, she like snaps his neck, and she's like, "I'm back." And it's like, "Well, why put that in there?" <laughs> yeah. Like it's just like it's like the we know she's not even hidden. It's, it's, like, it's like we know we yeah. know that she's undercover. We know that they're like we don't like it was like they they put the stake in that she could be caught and killed, which I think is good. But the way that they like they introduce the threat, and she so easily takes care of it, and then mm -hmm. like when she talks to Reva or Reva and uh she's like all right you might be telling the truth but we're going to interrogate you and she has two stormtroopers escort her mm -hmm. I'm like oh this is going to be tricky and it wasn't all she had to do was like slap <laughs> around a little bit and then she's fine I was like oh okay like and so yet again it's a nitpicky thing it's like I liked on paper the content of what she had to do and I liked the idea of like showing her being like this cold-blooded like uh like spies at the same time, it was like, this was all done very quickly, very conveniently. And I was like, I thought they could have played those moments out longer to make mm. them more hairy, if that makes well, sense. Well, see, yeah. see my thing, see, my thing with um with each of those near misses for Tala was that with each new one, it was it was sort of exposing her more, right? So mm -hmm. so it was like showing how she can only maintain this for so long. So so the first one, she tried to walk through the checkpoint and the guard was stopping her and questioning her. And she, she was in a hall pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, and she was able to bluff her way through it. And then uh, the second she one used, was like, you she know, she used their own toxic masculinity against. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. I noticed that. <laughs> sorry, 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 Bernard, uh, Josh. Uh, that was actually uh, yeah. a great moment. I actually liked that moment a lot. Yeah, yep. Because they really delve into that, and it was like a strong, long. They concentrated on that moment. It wasn't mm -hmm. like one second. It was like a scene. You know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But go ahead, Bernard. Oh no! I mean, I was just going to say. Then the second time, the guy finds her and she has to kill him right mm. so and then you see the body sort of hastily stowed away like where someone will probably find it relatively quickly like uh, just but... walking by and looking in the room like it's not yeah <laughs> it's well... just like in the middle of the floor <laughs> right behind the other people 
Yeah. Well, no, I kind of thought he was that, like right? he was sort of under the table and off to the but side. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but yeah, it doesn't matter. The point yeah, is, exactly. And then, yeah, yeah. and then the third one, when Obi Wan was like, "I need you to make a diversion now," and the only thing she can think of is, "I'm just gonna walk in her office and say, hey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and like, and basically expose herself, and and um, so so it was like, okay. Yeah, so I was like, so because I also watched it twice. The um the first time I think I was running into some of those issues that you were talking about, but the second time I was just really enjoying it for what it was. And I think it's because the way that and this isn't the show's fault, but sort of the way that these shows are watched and the way that you know, a show like this, which is really constructed as one narrative that's supposed to all go together. It's really like a multi-part movie. I think the audience, especially the online audience, is really looking for those those oh shit moments in every single episode week by week. So the first one you get the oh shit, it's Leia. It's not about just protecting Luke. It's about Leia. And this is actually an Obi-Wan Leia story. And it's like, oh shit. The second one, the oh shit moment is the realization that Obi-Wan has that Anakin is alive. Mm. And then the third one is obviously the fight between Vader and Obi-Wan. And then this one, I think the only thing that this one has to an oh shit moment, for lack of a better term, is the reveal of the frozen Jedi in the tomb, right? The Jurassic Park mosquitoes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- <laughs> But that's sort of like a, it's sort of a plot sort of idea, whereas the other ones are more about about character, right? Yeah. So so it mm-hmm. sort of hits you less in the feels, to borrow mm-hmm. a term. I'm just really curious where that plot thread is going, the idea that the Empire or the Emperor is keeping a lot of these Jedi or Force sensitives frozen on ice and hibernation. Like, I wonder if that's something that is going to tie into the story of this show. Or if it's like just a bit of world building that may have something to do with something in another show or movie. Like I think mm. I I think I may have mentioned on the last podcast, I wonder if Grogu in The Mandalorian has something, whatever happened to him had something to do with this. I don't I know. Think so. I think mm-hmm. this is A and B what you're talking about. I think this is like they are going to talk about it more in the show because you can't reveal that and then not mentioned and also not yeah, i mean i don't know i'm not it. like well yeah i mean i'm not sure it fully they gave no just, but like because they, they don't talk about it yeah yeah the characters don't know what's going on but you can't exactly. just have him see this and then just be like oh yeah oh that reminds me by the way what's with the frozen jedi like you know yeah. they actually yeah. have to make it into a plot point at some point the other thing I just want to say real quick before we go on is my overall thought, the whole episode is totally worth it for me for that that uh, moment between Leia and Obi-Wan at the end on the shuttle, mm-hmm. you know, where they're sort of, you know, wordlessly connecting. And like, I think that they're really forging a strong connection. And I don't know if it's because I'm a father of a daughter now. So it like, <laughs> it like rewires your brain somehow. But that was for me, the whole thing was worth it just to get to that moment. Yeah. For me, um, it was a real moment. One, I'd like to say it was a real moment, which was like really awesome to see. Like they really just took time on just holding the hand. And it was mm-hmm. like, this is, this is great. Uh, yes, it does rewire your brain being a, a, mm-hmm. a, a father. But um, uh, I, I also wanted to say like what you were talking about with the, the each time they showed, uh, uh, the, uh, I can't remember the character's name, but uh, uh, the spy could yeah. get caught. Tala, I believe is your name. Yeah. Uh, uh, They were ramping up the tension. And and, uh, uh, that's something that I kind of view the same thing with uh, 
Leia being caught originally, it wasn't by the Empire. No, it's by those it goons. wasn't by, uh, by mm. uh, Reva. Like, they just narrowly escaped. So now that Reva uh, uh, caught her, like, now it's like it ramped it up. It's like, like, I think when you're coming from the perspective of like, oh, she's caught. Oh, like, yeah, from us, it's like, oh, danger. All that mm. danger is equal. That that it makes it look like it's the exact same thing, but when you're watching this not from that perspective of seeing everything before, you're just watching this slow ramp, and it's like, and then uh, the next level of danger could be her running into uh, Vader, uh, Vader, <laughs> and then like it ran, yeah. like, and but it's like ramped up even more, and you know this familiarity between the two of them because of A New Hope. So, mm, uh, true, uh, yeah. like, for her to be able to like mouth off to Vader the way she did, yeah, does she had as some, an adult. she had some, she had some incredible lines in this. Episode. Oh, she was great in yeah. this. Yeah. Show. Well, she's been she, great the whole show, but this yeah. episode, I was yeah. like, yeah. this girl is killing yeah, it. Like, we, it's I insane. We should like, is this a staring contest or something? Yeah, yeah, She pulls I, it off. I think that, um, like, I think it was Johnny and and well, everyone was saying that. Like, the format works better in a movie, right? Because if you take something like um, Big Trouble in Little China, right? All they're doing is re-rescuing people over and over in the, the movie. But, like, it works as a whole. But if you were to break each thing up into an episode, you'd be like, oh, another rescue episode. Okay, cool. Well, the advantage that you have when you split up what very well could be a two-hour and 15-minute feature in, instead of a six-part series with episodes i think i think this was the shortest one so far at like 30 yeah, 39 minutes, minutes or something like that yeah to like you know 52 55 minutes long um the advantage of that is you do have the extra time to let those moments breathe like you were talking about bracy the moment between obi-wan and and leia you can really let it linger. And also the tension that was building in this episode, you can sort of watch it and kind of enjoy it and luxuriate in what it's doing, or you can, you know, sort of view it. If you're viewing it as a delivery system for new oh shit moments, the first time I was watching it, I was sort of watching it that way a little because, you know, we've been waiting for this for so long and every week it's like a, it's like another little morsel and I'm like, stick it in my veins. I need it. Um, <laughs> I think that that has the unfortunate side effect of um, like, that's not how you're supposed to be watching this. And you're kind of missing what it is doing because of your own expectations. I actually want to do a whole episode on um, on expectations and how that affects mm. your viewing or feelings about oh, a film. For sure. That'd be great. Yeah. The, you, uh, you know, what's, you know, it's really funny. I feel like, like we touched upon this with the empire episode about how that ruined star Wars, because, Star Wars became about oh shit moments a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like to me, that's not what Star Wars is. So I feel like I'm never really looking for an oh shit moment. Like I'm just looking for yeah. magic. No, if that makes any sense. No, well, that's not yeah, necessarily what I was, what I was saying wasn't necessarily a response to what you were saying. Like, I'm just saying in general, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like I've been reading a lot on Twitter. I think it was a very common reaction that this was like, that this was like a filler episode. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a filler episode. Like, I'm not even sure what that means in this in this context. Because why have a filler episode if you're in charge of how many episodes you're going to have in the first place? I can see why people said that. Though. Yeah. no, but, I, I understand but, it because I, I felt a little bit of that as well, where I was just like, we saw, like we were talking about before, Leia got kidnapped and then busted out by Obi-Wan. And in episode 
In this episode, Leia is captured again, gets busted out by Obi Wan, yeah. and this is but like, unless I mean, if that's how you're watching okay. it, yeah, I was like, gonna say, like, but if if we look at it, oh, go Johnny, go. Well, go. I was just gonna say, like, and also, like, um, uh, we were joking about this afterwards through text, but I was like, you know, Riva is interrogating Leia. And it's like, what does she think Leia knows? This 10-year-old who doesn't know anything, maybe indirectly she heard someone in the background mention the name of a planet. But it's almost like if she was involved in a CIA operation and somebody in the background mentioned about going to like Uzbekistan or something like that, like, is she going to remember that? Is she going to remember the name of the planet? There's like, so, so when she's like, tell me where they are. And it's like, why are you interrogating this 10 year old so hard you're the one who kidnapped her she was yeah. just playing in the woods in her hometown and you kidnapped her <laughs> yeah. and she's like tell me everything about the secret conspiracy and she's like you what and yeah. so so i'm only so involved I, in the conspiracy because you kidnapped me exactly like, it wasn't like she's an active agent in yeah, this so yeah. it's so no it's, well she did so find i understand her. i understand why people can feel this way about the episode because it was like this is just such a weird thing to, well, to be, uh, to be fair about that, she did find her running through the secret. Oh, the uh, secret pet, yeah. Uh, tunnels, yeah, but, and she but also she was running through the same secret tunnels with her and found the same secret base. So Riva knows all about right. that as much as Leia does. Is what I'm trying to say. But in the beginning of this, when they're on Jabim, Tala says that she knows everything. She can ruin. Yeah, she can but, ruin us. That, that, that was written in the script, but at the same time, like, but she doesn't. She's a 10 year old that was brought there for like no, an she hour. Was, she and was like, there and she and, knows that she knows where they're going. Well, I think what Johnny's oh. saying, if uh, not to like paraphrase what you yourself are saying, but it's like she she's getting interrogated as if she was an integral part of this network yes. of spies from the beginning. But the only reason she's involved at all is because two days earlier she was kidnapped, thrusting her into this. So she would have she would only have knowledge from what she encountered from the moment she was kidnapped until she was interrogated. So it's not like and how she, much information does Riva think that yeah. Leia is paying attention to during this whole traumatizing so kidnapping ordeal. So it's like, well, I think that's like, why she, I think that's why she's interrogating her. Well, what yeah. like, yes, she wouldn't but know anything. It's but like, I, how it's you, one of those like, things where it's like, the, because, we're, we're nitpicking right now, but what I'm trying to no. say is like for someone who's as smart and as ruthless as someone that's like an inquisitor, it's just like, you have to realize that the information you're going to get out of her is negligible. Yeah, like, no, but she's, she's also person. right. She's also right, though. She knows the planet that they're going to. Yeah, like, but like, I, I, I feel what, like you're, like you're trying to get out her. You're, like, you're setting it up like that the character shouldn't be as ruthless to this kid because the assumption is that the kid couldn't have possibly, you don't believe that it's realistic that a kid could have possibly learned as much as she learned in yes. two days. Yeah. Yes. And, and what I, and like, as a, a kidnapped victim, like again, yeah, you are, again, you guys, figure. exactly. But like you guys are completely playing this, like one, this one note perspective of it. Like, and like, if you aren't looking at it through that lens no, and you're just watching it as but like, no one's a, saying anything bad about the show. Like we're a, just saying a hang yeah. up that we have. I, we're yeah. like, I, no, totally. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying that the reason of uh, the reason that, that I think it escapes a lot of people is that like, you're looking at it from the same side, the same perspective, like this adult perspective that is looking at the scenario in which it's like, no, but dude, this is like, 
It completely well, exactly. plays like, out. But it's so it's going to play different for us than it is for the younger audience who are going to be scared for Leia. But all all that I think me and Johnny are saying is like, why are you treating this girl that has two days knowledge as if she was the spy? Like as if you would interrogate she Tala. Herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she treats her she treats her like she knows where they're going, and she does. Like that, like that completely that completely plays. Like, and then of course, if you have an like, inquisitor that's supposed to, to be horrible, they should not treat kids nicely like uh, like yeah, right the, you know what i'm saying thing, like it's not yeah like, the only, it's like like e e e my whole point because i don't want to dwell on this anymore but, but no, we're dwelling point, on it this is the yeah, whole episode my, my, my whole point is that like even if she does know where they're going it's like oh well i guess to your defense bernhard reva has no other choice because that's the only morsel only, of information yeah. she has at her capacity but it's just i just found it kind of comical because it's like it's like she's like no, I'm gonna break her. She must know. She must know. She must know. And it's mm. like, why do you think this ten year old must know? I think at a certain point, someone might be like, maybe she doesn't really know. But she's like, I know she knows. Yeah. Oh, but to, to I think it, that me and Johnny probably would not be good at writing kids media, and that's. There's so many reasons. Why I want to say something really positive about the interrogation. Um, really good character moment for Riva when yeah. she's going to put the drills to Leia's face. Literally, mm -hmm. she does not look like she's happy about it. She she talks like an abusive person, like a like an. You're abuser. making me do this. You're yeah. making me do this, but she, there's no thrill about it. There's no there's no like she's going to get off on this. She's like you can tell she's like you're making me do this. I really don't want to do this, and like she can almost like. A slight hesitation you could even read into it but it's just almost like there's something about her where she feels like she actually has no choice about it because yeah. of we her ruthlessness which i think is well, good character I, work right there. I also think that she has no choice because as much as she part of her wants to think that she's invaders good graces what we learn at the end of oh, the episode yeah. is like no he does he has no loyalty to anyone oh, yeah. all he yo, wants when he, is yo, when he shows up he was at gonna the kill end, her like, like, that was gonna kill her. terrifying that yeah, was yeah. terrifying yeah the way he's walking hallway. so fast yeah. and like the yep. the off-kilter mm -hmm. camera yeah you know it was almost like then, vader was in danger of overpowering the cameraman right yeah, well, like it, the frame was it, unable was unsure that it could contain him and then he just walked right in and he lifts her up yeah. off the ground with the force like that was terrifying and like, he's like, like i don't and think like i've you're... seen vader so frightening i mean obviously there's the rogue one hallway scene but that's yeah. clear why that's frightening yeah. like like something like this where it's an interpersonal conflict yeah, and, and no guns, no lightsabers. Yeah. It's and just switch, him in a room. It's like terrifying. Yeah. And the yeah. switch from the last episode where she was like, "Oh no, I was just talking to Lord Vader." You know, like she yeah. had like kind of like an air about her, and then yeah. she learns in that moment, which kind of like dramatic irony that we all knew already that like no, Vader doesn't give a shit about anybody ever mm -hmm. at all. So he will kill you just like he kills people just because, like just because you know it's mm -hmm. like. Like they had nothing to do with someone escaping, but they were in his presence. So he's like, all right, well, you're dead. I don't care. So like for her to learn like, oh no, I like anything will get me killed by this guy unless it's exactly what he wants. I also I, too far from it, I just want to say the, the Reva thing, uh, like before we get too far from her, mm. her that like that moment of not wanting to torture. I also think that there's like a hint of 
what she has gone through yes. and the trauma mm-hmm. that she's gone through. Yeah. And then it's like, we're revealing that. And, and like, we're just getting a taste of that. Cause they probably yeah, put the screws to her in her. a very yeah. similar fashion yes. when she was exactly. late in stage. Exactly. And so uh, I think with this, this conversation, I keep cutting off Johnny, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say the one, one quick thing about the, the Vader thing. Um, I mentioned this in the discord chat, uh, off, off podcast, but we were talking about the different phases of people's lives and how Obi-Wan was in one phase in Revenge of the Sith. And he's in this phase during the show. He's going to be in the Alec Guinness phase when A New Hope comes out. But people forget that Vader's going through that too. It's mm-hmm. easy to forget that because he's a static costume with a mask mm-hmm. and, so, and the same voice. So it's like, oh, once he's Darth Vader, he's the same Darth Vader, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not true. And I think there's a lot of Anakin in this Vader in the show. By the way he's ruthlessly killing people willy-nilly by the uh by the way that he's just running down the hallway almost to just start choking out Riva, like that's an impetuous nature of Anakin that I feel like uh later Vader doesn't have. Vader in the hallway. Later Vader. Yeah, later Vader. Later I think, Vader. Uh, I think Vader in the hallway in Rogue One. Later, Vader. Later, Vader. (laughs) Vader Vader in the hallway in Rogue One is cold, calculated Jason Voorhees Vader. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, the Vader of this show still has a lot of raging fire in him. Like, he still has a lot of that, like, like, I hate you energy that Anakin Mm. has when he's on fire. So well, yeah, he's um, like he's anyway, a, I just want to say that. He's a little bit like uh like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas in this. Like he's like a, an unhinged, like just you know, like which, what they do to Billy Bats. Like he just like yeah. you can't which is, Yeah, which is what yeah. Riva is replicating in her behavior because yeah, she's yeah. acting like this uh off off unhinged uh Vader. Yeah. I think what I was gonna say is like so I thought up until moments ago that this was like a mostly a filler episode and treading water but then i started to rethink about like the episode from just the discussion we're having i was like oh no it's not a filler episode if we're under if we if we're looking at it for plot points it might be a filler episode but if we're looking for it's like no like just think if we didn't have this episode and then all of a sudden the next time uh obi-wan meets vader he's like back to a better form than he was the first time when he was just getting mm-hmm. smacked around. You'd be like, wait, what? That's a, a, a jump. It's like uh, the thing that confused me in like Empire. You're like, wait, didn't Luke only have like three days of training? Like, what are you doing? Like, and so like, but if you show like, oh no, when he tries to focus on the force, he can't really do it. But when he's just like letting it mm-hmm. go, he's he's still rusty. Like he's, there's a few times he's like red, let out grunts while he was doing it. And then like, he had to really work to deflect the laser beam to close the doors and things like mm-hmm. that. And so like, if you're, if you're doing that and then you're also building Leia's character, then you're like, Oh no, that's, that's the whole point of the episode. The plot stuff is just a vehicle in which to tell this, like exactly. getting their thing back. And so yeah. it's actually in a movie, I would have, it don't, this is not a training montage, but like in a movie with a training montage, like it works. But yeah, if I mean, you like, just made an right. episode of a training montage. You'd be like, all right, that was kind you of. You can't a... do that because you yeah. need these character beats. And there's, if you go down a list, there's Obi Wan and Leia getting closer. Leia trusting Obi Wan with the with the mm-hmm. holding hands. You mm-hmm. see Riva as as Bracy hinted at that. There's a hint in her eyes about maybe some past trauma she lived through. Uh, we see Obi Wan getting this mojo back. We see character of Darth Vader being like, oh, he's still impetuous like Anakin. There's a lot of character beats that just kind of come through mm. 
through this. So like, like the rest of the show, um, it's funny because you mentioned how Mandalorian might be a better show and I know exactly what you're talking about, but I, there's something about this show it's, that I it's love just getting because me, it's yeah. all about character. This yeah. show is all about character and that's why yeah. I love it so much. Well, yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, this really is, um, well, I lost that thought, but I'll pick up an old one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, you know, Murray, it's interesting, uh, the way that you frame that, you know, you said in a movie, like this could be a training montage, whereas in a TV show, you have to actually show it, but I would frame it slightly differently. I would say that in a movie, you have to resort to a montage and you lose all of these little character moments, right? Yep. So, so it's because you don't have the room to spend the time to see all this stuff happen organically. You just have to imply that it happened with cinematic techniques, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Speaking of cinematic techniques, ah, oh, this is a good segue. Um, the, <laughs> the very beginning of the episode, when there's that really, albeit very awesome, uh, cross-cutting sequence where Obi Wan is in the back to tank, mm -hmm. and we're seeing Anakin as Vader in his back to tank, where I guess he spends probably all of his downtime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would the amount of effort it takes to get out of bed, like for I know, Vader, I, mean, I would just be like, dude, he's so angry. He has all yeah. this rage. That's like <laughs> yeah. literally what it is. So, but, so, but it's interesting the way that comparing and contrasting them, they have these injuries and everything, the burn on Obi-Wan's shoulder and the old injuries of Anakin. And then and using like, that kind of as the focus, focal point between like the cuts. So it's just like, yeah, right, really, right. Yeah. Yep. I thought that sequence was very cool and very chilling. Yeah. I do have to ask because the thought occurred to me, do you think that it's anything other than really cool because like you know usually the reason why you deploy a technique like that is to show something either thematically or you know whatever like for example like luke in return of the jedi where he cuts vader's hand off mm -hmm. and then we see luke has his own mechanical hand he realizes he's becoming his father right mm -hmm. Um, so, so for this scene at the beginning, I was trying to figure out some kind of a thematic link and yeah. I couldn't really find it. The only thing I could think of was like, like these are our old wounds that, that are not healing because yeah. he won't let go of this anger and like he's creating new wounds. Yeah. He's hurting I, other I, people because he can't let go of this. Is that a stretch or was it? just a really cool thing that they deployed I, without really I had a different through. read on that. I think cool. that's valid. I, I think yeah. that's very valid, but I, my opinion of it, um, it might be a very simple take, but I just think it shows that, uh, regardless of the changes that Vader went through and that Obi-Wan is going through right now is that they still have a bond ah. and I feel yeah, like they're brothers, they're friends, they're mentor people, but they're, they love it. He like, I think one of the great things about the show is that Obi-Wan is still struggling for the love he still has yeah. for Anakin. And yeah. I feel like uh, Anakin, you know, love so easily turns into hate. So uh, it's just like, I think it's just simply just showing a connection between them that like, yeah. there's still, still something there. there. Yeah. They're, still, and, they're still tethered in some fashion. You know? and there's no, I like, like that. I buy that. Yeah, there's, there's like little things that I don't maybe are completely unrelated, but we, we do see Obi-Wan like have more of a temper than we've ever seen him have. Like he gets, um, like when they, in the last episode where they land and no one's there and he's like kind of snapping at, at Leia. So yeah. he's got anger that he never had before. He's got doubts that he's never had before. I don't think that the beginning of this is trying to show that he's like 
close to the dark side or anything like that because i think if anything he's closer to the lights like it's kind of like coming back to him and stuff but it was definitely interesting and it's definitely showing that or maybe i don't know i don't know it's probably gonna get like too deep and artsy fortsy but like almost no, like, go, 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 like, no but like light side and dark side but they're still ending up in like the same place the same position like it's not no one has like an advantage at this like at the you know at the the core of it they're still just crude matter you know and that's sure. that's what yoda was saying so it just so that's kind of like something that could be a thing because if it, it fooled me it really did when i thought it was still on showing um obi-wan's shoulder all burnt and then it panned down and you're like oh shit that's vader's shoulder that's uh mm -hmm. that was good yeah. But yeah i think those blends were very much intentional mm -hmm. like that that happened more than uh more than a few times where it would follow down like uh, uh, you see obi Wan scar and then it switches to a different shot of a scar but then you realize oh that's yeah, vader yeah and then you're following down the arm and then it's like and, and then it does a quick cut and then all of a sudden you realize you just you're looking at vader and i think that mm -hmm. that marrying of the two is actually kind of suggesting something that like they hinted at or that like not even hinted at of uh, vader said in the the previous episode where he's just trying he wants obi-wan to suffer the way like he, he suffered yeah. he wants oh, there you go yeah. Him yeah yeah right to to and, and right. we're watching that that yeah. that that's happening, right. happening yeah i and am what you made me is what he says to obi-wan yeah, and then I am he's trying to me, yeah. make him suffer in the same way and then no, yeah. it's like no, yeah you're right Bracey. that's exactly what it is there's yeah. also so, like a cool like kind of what's what's the word juxtaposition i actually knew what the word was i just was hedging my bets but um that when vader the anger-filled hate-filled guy he's just like resting in the tank and like because of other stuff that is going on, especially in his head, like Obi-Wan's panicking to get out of that tank. Like, so yeah. there is kind of something cool where where one's just like resting in it and um one's just like, I, mean, I got things to do, I gotta go, get me out of here. Like I got it's so showing much yeah. it's showing two different people how they deal with similar trauma in a weird yeah. way. So like one is like marinated in the trauma to be more and more Vader like, and one yeah. is like, get me the fuck out of here. I like, gotta fix this. We gotta we got yeah. other there's I, I other people to worry about besides yeah. myself. And so exactly. speaking of so when Obi-Wan jumps out of the back to tank and we find him in this kind of like little war room, I guess on Jabim, right? First of all, it was nice to see him in a new set of robes. I thought yeah. that was cool. I thought that like, was cool. Kind of great so, Jedi tunic sort of thing. Yeah. So, but I also, so I'm wondering though, unless they just happen to have like a bunch of old Jedi uniforms lying around, like this is just more fuel for the argument that the in vogue style in the galaxy is just, it just happens to be very yeah. Jedi like robes. Yeah. Because yeah, he looks like a Jedi. Um, anyway. Well, do we know, do we know if that's like an official like Jedi type thing or is it, or we, is it we're assuming it because we always saw a Jedi. We're assuming like, it. They, yeah, so like if they, they all wore like yeah. Converse All-Stars, would we think that they're just wearing something that's in style or is it yeah. just like, no, that's part of their uniform? The, well, yeah, so, I think so the other interesting... stems from, I, was, I, said, I think this all stems from like a, almost like a, I don't want to say misstep, but it all, this, it all stems from a calculated decision in the prequels to make them all dress the same, which yeah. I thought was a weird decision because that meant they were all dressing like, desert people from Tatooine. To be fair, though, if you think about it, I think it does go all the way back to Return of the Jedi because Yoda's wearing something very similar to what Obi-Wan was wearing in A New Hope. And then at the end mm -hmm. of Return of the That's Jedi, true. when you see Yoda oh, and Obi-Wan 
and Anakin, yeah, we're all wearing, the, all same wearing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, what I think it became true. was like again, I don't think it's a misstep. I didn't want to use that word. I just couldn't. Yeah, think no, no, of no, it. no, 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 yeah. no. You should have hedged your bets uh, like I did. Uh, what I think it is is like they fell into a really useful visual shorthand. Uh, to show who was a Jedi or not. And then in The Phantom Menace, you know, it's interesting because some of the concept art has Obi-Wan in a very similar wardrobe to what Luke was wearing in Return of the Jedi, which I think would have been cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But then again, like some decision was made somewhere along the line to just make them all wear those Jedi robes because that's what you you recognize as Jedi. So I totally understand that. The thing, though, now... And we're really seeing it in this show in particular because Obi-Wan's supposed to be in hiding, yet he's apparently wearing like the Jedi <laughs> uniform that everybody yeah, and, recognizes. And only changed his first name slightly. And only changed. Oh, by the way, thank you for bringing that up. I'm really pleased that we haven't gotten some really labored explanation of why he chose that name. <laughs> yeah. He was just like, he's just like, I go by Ben now. That's all I needed. Yeah, yep. I was well, like, like, like well, there's moment. one of you. Yeah. You guys are just solo. <laughs> <laughs> one thing i thought was really cool (laughs) jumping again to the end is we don't ever really see fallout from people dying on these like rebel missions like it's a kind of just like like hey i did i blew up the death star meanwhile like everyone's dead or like in last Last jedi it's like yeah there's one there's rose who's upset but everyone else is just like poe oh you did it again you cost us half the fleet you got the fleet killed poe but whatever (laughs) whatever like stop showing off and but it's just <laughs> and so with this like devastating like that's like yeah the I thought that's a good and stuff like, so i thought that was cool i thought um there's like there's things that the reason why i think that they make calculated things to be like no we still got to make this enjoyable for kids too like him like smuggling leia out like just in his coat i was Dude, like that's, i'm sorry that's funny that. that's great that's great yeah that. yep i love that he's and two tiny feet just trailing yeah. with them because it's the like coat. what else could you do like exactly yeah. exactly yeah. what else are you yeah. gonna do it's like yeah. it's like all we have to do is we have to get across that platform if we just yeah. if we just walk oh, like that's... everything's normal we're supposed to be here then it'll be fine yeah. like we just have yeah, to, yeah, walk, yeah. Like, to go right now they can't wait they have to leave that moment and so no i I, it made me like laugh, but in a good way, not like, oh, yeah. this is stupid, but you're just like, no. But then like it, that's, that's something like, that's not like, like a fucking like pratfall or whatever, but that adds lightness to mm-hmm. the girl that was just getting tortured like fucking two minutes ago. Yeah. Now we have some sort of like levity and even in just a psych gag like that. You know, there, um, there's something there. It sounds very perverse. What I'm going to bring up, but there's something I like about seeing characters that are very much a specific thing and then you find like their breaking moment like you know like luke stands up to the emperor and he's like i'm a jedi like my father before me fuck you and the emperor's like okay fine once he starts electrocuting him luke is like pleading with his dad to help him you know or uh obi-wan coming to grips with like uh everything this whole entire show is his breaking moment you know and i thought the stakes were really elevated by showing Leia freak out during the interrogation because she's so tough about everything. But then once those mm-hmm. drills, rightfully so, yeah. are coming towards her eyeballs, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. she becomes a 10-year-old girl again. And she's yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, like I'm going to die. This is terrible. Yeah. And yeah. so not that I'm trying to say I enjoy watching kids go through terror like that, but I just no, I like the... I like what are you, the, Pennywise? Uh, Jesus. There you go. No, I like the kind of like uh, the deconstruction of characters that this show is the bravery that the show is willing to take to yeah. show 
people getting to their moments because even mm. like uh and i'm sure it's going to come towards tala you know and um i'm and even like uh like we were just alluding to with like when that pilot dies and like you see mm. them all like at their at a low moment like i don't know there's something about there's something about sitting in those moments like and i feel yeah. like because of the tv show we can do that and because a new hope was a movie you can't have luke be like oh biggs is dead and you and because mm. the last jedi is a movie you can't have like poe thinking about how he killed a hundred people you know because they yeah. have to go 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 you, you, you can't so, have leia even think for one second that her entire planet died yeah and got exploded exactly. yeah. so because sorry, of the TV sorry about show, ben yeah, we can do that. And but yeah. you just made me realize that, like the the future of this a, a show like this, I feel like even the last episode is like when uh uh when Obi Wan returns back mm -hmm. to Tatooine, that uh they could drop like Luke meeting Biggs for the first time or playing with his friend mm -hmm. or, or something like that. That you're yeah. like, oh, this yeah. is the start of that friendship. You know, like yeah, that like could be cool. playing that little yeah. that little card and like in a nice little subtle way where it's not like subtle is really, the thing. Yes, yeah, so that almost makes you want to cry just thinking about that because yeah. that could yeah, be right? a really good moment. You know. Oh, well, all they have to do is like have a little 10 year old with a mustache and then you'll know yep. it's Biggs, but they yeah. won't have to Boom. hit you over the head with it. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. The. I'm gonna Very do a good. mustache. So I was like, <laughs> there's like some things that are like, oh, this like for some reason Obi Wan swimming like complete like just I was like, this is awesome. I don't know why. I've I've mostly seen him on in desert planets for the most part, so this is like awesome. So, you oh, know, that gave me Phantom Menace vibes. Yeah, it, from, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that on purpose. And then, the same yeah, oh, and everything. yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then. But and it was like the same design, like it was almost yeah. uh, like yeah. it was well, they the did... same one from like the Jedi survival kit that they had yeah. lying around. Like, well, that was same. probably his that he had on his person that from like yeah. 20, 30 years ago, you know? Yeah, they did the, the shot, the like the transponder, like where could he be? Like that shot, like yeah. uh, the, yeah. that was cool. The shot of the comic but, was like yeah, exactly yep. like the shot at A New Hope, yeah. yeah. And uh, they did a lot of what, illusions on purpose yeah, to A New yeah. Hope. What I like loved in this episode, and I was like, this is the coolest fucking thing. Is, I know what you're going to say. Obi-Wan Obi picking them off in the dark? Yep. That yep. was the coolest Star Wars thing I've seen in a long, long, long time. <laughs> that was like some Jedi Batman shit right there. It, it was. Like, it was. It's, and, it's like, you, know, you don't know yeah. what's going to go. And going from like, someone that we know <laughs> in the when he's older uses like force, like sound. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like he makes, he like throws like a, or makes a water drop or something. To distract people but now he's just on base instinct and he's got to do yeah he's got to do something and so he just pops out of the dark and he's just like and then the fact that he extinguishes his lightsaber again so, so that he he's back the in guy? the dark yeah yeah and like and the other guy's just like don't move like he doesn't know what to do <laughs> like i just thought that was the it was so cool and then you know i'm a sucker for a lightsaber glow and so add that on top of it Ooh, baby. And no, it I mean, also shows you, it, it's, it's really good with showing, uh, by the way, I, I fucking love all the lightsaber glows mm -hmm. from Force mm -hmm. Awakens to today. But yeah. um, it goes to show you his skill level too, because he had to do that to get the advantage. Instead of just turning it on, killing one guy and calmly walking yeah. to the next yeah, yeah. guy, he's like, this is how I had, I had to fight two stormtroopers at the same time. Yeah. And then, so it goes to show you like where he's at. And he's still yeah. not quite up to, yeah, coming from what, like, what he could be, you know? Yeah, the guy that 
just like takes on all these droids. Like we saw him in all the yeah. first three movies, just go yeah. through all these droids and they're like, he killed Darth Maul dummies. and everything. Yeah. yeah and, so, but then you start and, to get a little hint of that again, yes. a little bit after that, when he's in the they're, hallway, yep. yeah. deflecting shots from all those stormtroopers. It was yeah. very reminiscent of the prequel version of Obi-Wan. And how, yeah. how, much effort it was taking him though which was yeah, really yeah. interesting and you can see it was because of the adrenaline that he was able to do these things and yeah, then, it was yeah. like it was a crisis and he was with leia he had to protect her yeah. and you then the muscle memory started to, to yeah, yeah exactly. exactly i yeah. love that moment where the guy behind him shoots and he just ducks at the last second and yep. it hits the droid in front of him yeah yeah and it's then, like, and he, as he's getting more and more confident it comes to that scene with the cracking of the window yeah, and yeah. he's like with one hand deflecting laser blasts yeah, while yep. still yeah. holding the water. And it's like, this guy, like he's coming back. Like he's yeah, like, he's yeah. really and, coming back to form. It's not like, quite there, but you know, by the next episode or two, he's gonna like, it's, it's something's gonna hit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And which it, I think is also paving the way for another confrontation with yeah. Vader with oh, where sure, he's yeah. a little more prepared this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oh, I think that it ahead, like, Marie. um, really, ties in nicely that when he tries to use the force like to move like the little thing like when he tries he can't do it but when he just has to do it and not try then exactly. he's able to do it so that's kind of like just like yoda man yeah exactly do or do like not, kinda, there is no try. yeah yeah it's like yeah. when he's trying to do it he can't and same with when leia's falling in episode two he just he had to do it he can't yeah. he can't yeah, yeah, try he to catch to her it. he just has to catch her wait sorry sorry jenny who man uh, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, there, there's another thing I want to bring up, and I have to give a shout out to uh, our old friend from Babylon, uh, Rose, because uh, we're talking about this. Hey, uh, Rose, how's chat. it going? Uh, but she was talking about how there seems to be a really strong emphasis on attachment for Obi-Wan in this. And um, we were discussing about how can someone go from something like this to later on where he might be less attached. And I think this is kind of paving a way for the Qui-Gon thing, because I feel like it's true. Like Obi-Wan is getting his mojo back through his attachment to Leia and these human things. And these they're showing like on purpose, like these are big moments when she's like holding his hand at the end and he's staring at her. Like this could be the daughter that he never had and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That being said though, um, he still needs to talk to Qui-Gon. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's going to be some sort of like, you know, well, there's this idea of like uh, to to be a Buddhist and to reach nirvana, you kind of have to let go of all everything. So I feel like he's going to get his motivation back through all of this. And then through the teachings of maybe Qui-Gon or meeting with him, he's going to realize like, okay, like now I know why life and love and all these things are important. Mm -hmm. And now... I'm going to just let go of all of that to mm. reach the Zen yeah. state and, and becoming kind of blank. And I think that might be the thing that tips him over into learning to be an immortal mm -hmm. ghost, being a fucking sword wizard again, and then having a moment with Vader where he almost like transcends and Vader maybe doesn't understand not, it. Not like understand yeah, how, yep. how Obi-Wan became so powerful. Mm -hmm. And it could be because Obi-Wan's like, now I know, like the Jedi in the prequels were so detached from everything mm. they became complacent and they became weak spiritually and that's how they were be able to be crushed and i feel like 
Obi-Wan, you need to be reminded of like what love is, what attachment is, why people care and matter. And then with yeah. that new knowledge, I'm projecting with that new knowledge. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like um, he's going to be like, okay, now I know why we do what we do. And then he can finally do it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, the only thing, like, I think that's great. And I think you probably, uh, you and Rose have it like right on the head. But the thing that I get from it is because I remember I was telling you that when I went back and watched the prequels, the Jedi's were giving me like the heebie-jeebies. They were not like mm -hmm. the Jedi's that I loved before. I was like, oh, wow, they're really like dogmatic and uh, like, uh, like power hungry and stuff, you know, it's but just in a different way than say like um, Palpatine was and everything. But so it is just kind of funny that it's like he uses all this attachment to save this girl and do it. And then like Qui-Gon comes back from there is like, you know, just let all that go, man. You can't have attachments anymore. What are you doing? We're Jedi. You can't have attachments. And you're like, bro, like, what are you, why are you trying to rob me of this? Like, I just like, uh, yeah, and it just seems like, seen, you know, no, but I think you're right. It's going to teach him like a different way to be detached. But I just thought it was like the premise is funny that well, he finally learns like love and attachment and then well, I, income like the elder Jedi to be like, bro, I don't get think rid of that. I don't think he's going to be detached though. I think what he's going to do, like, I think it's going to be one of those things where He's going to learn the value of attachment, but he, but letting go doesn't necessarily have to be detached because I feel like detached mm, comes yeah. with the connotation of being cold and like apathetic. And yeah. I think with him, it's like he is going to be all about empathy and caring, but he's not going to make these personal commitments of his own life so he can be of a service to everybody else. And does that make any sense? Like, yeah, no, well, yeah, so, you know, so the Jedi, when we find them in the prequels, they are very dogmatic and they're very, I think, removed from what the real meaning of their beliefs are. Why they know, like you, exist. Yeah. So it's sort of like they have turned doing good into kind of an abstract idea divorced from material lived reality. So exactly. I know, the other thing that we have talked about, so it is true that love and all of these, these intense emotions, like fear of loss and all of that stuff, they can lead you to do really horrible things using the parlance of Star Wars, they can lead you to fall to the dark side. And I think one of the things that happens when you implement a belief system at like an institutional level is you have to make it foolproof. So what mm -hmm. the Jedi decide to do was, okay, if love and attachments can lead you to the dark side, let's just make it so you don't love anyone and have no attachments. And then, <laughs> and then that'll solve everything. So that's what they're trying to do. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so so that for me is the only explanation for why they have to recruit Jedi when they're young, young children and take them away from their families. Of course. So yeah. that they also have this code where they're not allowed to marry and they have to, I don't know if they have to be celibate or what, but it seems like it's a very unnatural, detached way to live that I think is to sort of prevent those sorts of emotions that can lead you to fall to the dark side because like, that's i guess riskier right it's like an mm -hmm. overcompensation and it's like that's they're exactly doing it. yeah they're so then doing, what they end right. up doing kind of more damage than good yeah mm -hmm. so then and, what happens yeah. is like when they find anakin who's the quote-unquote chosen one and he already has attachments they're like okay he's too old but i guess we'll train him anyway so when he goes to yoda in episode three and he basically says exactly what's going on he's like i'm afraid that i'm about to lose something help me what do i do and yoda's like train yourself not to need it 
And yeah. like that's not that's not yeah. helpful. No, it's at that no. point. So so they don't even have the tools to help somebody who um, yeah. I actually love that final scene with Obi-Wan and Padme where he tells her everything and as he leaves he's like, Anakin's the father, isn't he? And yeah. the way he says it, he's like, I always knew. Like mm -hmm. that's the way that I always read that scene. He's like, We all yeah, like know we're not supposed to have attachment, but he's like it's like, guys, we're not fucking idiots. Like, I know yeah. you guys have been a thing for a bit. Yeah. So anyway. really quick, um, hopefully really quick on what Josh was saying. Again, if you allow me to tie it to my um, the only two things I talk about, which are religion and depression. But um, we, and we love that is that. <laughs> that is something that you find in um, especially the like evangelical Christian faith is they they're like kind of like taught quote unquote to like minister to people um that are in need but they don't do it with any heart or any um emotion it's all just kind of you know like it's like clinical yeah exactly like an analyst or something it's very no but it not that would even be giving it too much emphasis like so one example i could um think of is <laughs> so i went to a christian college in which i had to attend church three times a week and i did not do that because i hate church and so i got suspended from college yes something that i paid for they suspended me and um, did i know that uh, i i i don't know well i mean i went back obviously but yeah, yeah so no, i you, did um anyway. and but then all stupid things and so if i want to walk for graduation which i want did for my parents i really didn't give a shit but like um so i had to do like this uh, like volunteer work, which is fine. And they set me up in a very specific place. It was kind of like a thrift store. Instead of actually helping people, they had me like sweeping floors and all that bullshit. And I witnessed the woman that ran it. Someone came to her for advice and he was like, oh, I really messed up. I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm really hurting. And she was like, or someone like really hurt me. And she was like, well, you know, forgive 70 times seven, anything that's done wrong to you. And the guy was like, I have to do this like seven more times and she's like no that's not what i meant and like walked away and you're like you are so clinical and making sure that you could fit a bible verse or something that jesus said to him thinking that it fulfilled your obligation to help somebody but you actually did nothing to them you didn't like reach them where they were you didn't there's no emotion there was no love in it and we see that a lot with them condemning other people's lifestyle they're not doing it from a loving standpoint it's from a mm -hmm. i don't like that i don't want to deal with it but also in the like in the bible like paul says like no like become all things to all people like if someone's suffering then suffer with them if they're happy be happy with them but they the church i guess to kind of like separate themselves from other um like, I guess, non-believers, they do this very clinical approach where it's just, these are the words that scripture say, this is how it's said. These are the literal rules. Word. And to yep. be good, Dogma. we need to, to yeah. do these literal things. Yeah. And so yeah. that's why I get like creeped out with the Jedi because they're doing the same thing. Like, like I, yeah. that all that long winded story came to me because you were saying how Yoda was just like, well, just train yourself to, to, to not feel that way. I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's like, yeah, he had, I mean, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. He's, he has all the wisdom in the world. He's the one that knows the force the best. And he's just like, eh, I don't know. You'll figure it out. Just uh, mm -hmm. don't do that. Just don't love people. I don't know what to just tell you. Just don't have sex. Yeah. So, so, but it is, so, but it is interesting, though, uh, John, what you're saying, because I do think that how Obi-Wan is going to get in touch with Qui-Gon, I think you're right. 
I think it's through sort of reawakening his humanity, frankly. Yeah, for sure. And also, now that he's established this very loving relationship with Leia, it's sort of a reason for him to live, quite frankly, and to carry on. Yeah. And be a Jedi Knight. Yes, exactly. I do think that's why he's going to be able to speak to Qui-Gon. And I have kind of a different view of it because Qui-Gon was kind of like a rebel among the Jedi because Obi-Wan says to him in uh, The Phantom Menace, if you would just follow the code, you would be on the council. council, Yeah. Yeah. And George Lucas even described him as a maverick Jedi uh, in the promotional material and all that. Right. So I think the training that he had for Obi-Wan and for Yoda is to sort of reconnect with your humanity. It's not about separating Mm -hmm. yourself from the world. It's about engaging with the world. And that's how you do good. Well, yeah, that would be uh, the, um, sorry, like the the Buddha, like what he did with like Hinduism. And he's like, no, this is all right. Let's break it. Let's break out of this and focus on the real stuff. mm -hmm. That's what Jesus did with Judaism. Like, so that's what like Qui-Gon's doing is like, this is your religion and you have some of it right, but this is the main points that you're missing. And instead yeah. of embracing that, they're like, well, that's why you can't be on the council. <laughs> well, yeah, also right. to show <laughs> oh, exactly, exactly. To, to show a distinction between Qui-Gon and Yoda uh in the in episode one, uh, Qui-Gon tells Obi-Wan things that we think of the force as in the original trilogy. He tells him, uh, think about the moment. Don't think too far about the future. He's like, he's like, I'm more concerned about the living force. And yeah. Yoda in the prequels, he's like, their future is cloudy. Fuck them. We can't train them. And then, uh, and then, uh, and then right. in, the, in the original trilogy, uh, he tells Luke what Qui-Gon says. He's like, yeah. always to the future you're thinking about. He's like, never mm-hmm. right where you are, what you were doing. And then he starts talking about how the force is in literally everything around them, mm-hmm. the living force. So he learns something in between trilogies. And I yeah. feel like that's kind of like Qui-Gon is in some way possibly the wisest jedi that was Mm. around it's just that you know he died well well so but that's actually why (laughs) so that's actually kind of i think not the incorrect way to view it it's sort of like if you think about it i think that's the way it's supposed to be yeah yeah because it's not a coincidence that the climax of the phantom menace is when qui-gon dies the fact of qui-gon's death at the end of that movie is sort of saying here's here's where it all went wrong like they should have listened to what he was saying Yes. And right. uh, to, 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 to discuss something that we've always talked about back in the day. I've never talked think, about anything with you, John. Y- yeah, never. We don't uh, even know who you are. It's something that I think you specifically love about Obi-Wan Bernhard. And I think it ties with uh, Obi-Wan's journey throughout this episode with him getting his mojo back and stuff like that. Is that <clears throat> Obi-Wan, for lack of a better phrase, is almost like the working class Jedi. Mm-hmm. Everyone's a prophecy. You know, Harry <laughs> Potter, Neo, Luke Skywalker, Ray, Ben Solo, Anakin. <laughs> everyone's like, oh, you were born of the blood that will make you fucking Godzilla, Jedi, whatever. <laughs> and it's just like, but Obi-Wan doesn't have any of that shit. And then yeah. uh, all he has is good, a good teacher and a good work ethic. And like, <laughs> and then when he's not using it, he loses it. So it's just, I think this show is making a very strong argument that like obi-wan is like possibly the greatest jedi ever because he just has to earn it and everyone else was kind of given to them with a little bit of practice mm-hmm. and i kind of like that that this is about this is a man who's learning lessons 
This is a man that uh, needs to find his discipline. And this is a man that has no destiny, but the destiny that he makes himself. And He's I don't know. Absolutely. I just think like yeah. for something that's about like prophecies and this and that, mm -hmm. I'm so happy that it's not about the Messiah figure, that yeah. it's about just the dude. <laughs> Obi-Wan <laughs> Obi Obi is who of space, Jedi. Yeah, Obi-Wan is who the... The of Jedi? Yeah, Obi Wan is who the the uh, Bruce Springsteen of space sings about in his songs. Is like the okay, working class Jedi. <laughs> um, working class Jedi. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, the other thing that this show is doing for me is really showing an alternate way that the quote unquote saga could have gone, where the Star Wars saga is all about Obi Wan as the main character, right? Mm -hmm. Actually, more interesting in my opinion. Yeah, it, is. it is more interesting in my opinion. The thing that really kind of crystallizes it for me, like why it's so disinteresting compared to Obi-Wan is as soon as you literally make Anakin a cherub child messiah, it's so unrelatable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In contrast, the story of Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is, as you termed it, John, is just like a regular... Joe trying to do yeah. the best that he can. Joe Be Wan Kenobi. Joe yeah, Be Wan Kenobi. <laughs> That's Joe the name of the episode. Yeah, uh, Joe Be Wan Kenobi. Uh, you know, I, like that. That comparatively is more interesting, and I think that we're seeing it here. I said this last week, but having seen the moment where Obi Wan learns that Anakin didn't die on Mustafar and that he's still alive, the idea that we didn't really see that in the mainline movies and we never saw mm. them confront each other again—I mean, we oh, we sort of do, but completely stripped of all of the pathos and everything that, like, quote unquote, should be there that you're mm. expecting if you're watching episode four after episode three, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like the fact that we don't have that, having seen it. It's so yeah. wild that that that's not in the movies. And obviously we know why. It's because Star Wars is not a like pre-planned nine movie saga. It started as one movie and then they were like, hey, I could do three more before this. And that's how mm -hmm. it sort of yeah. And uh, that's, where, so like, that's the, why it's not there. The genius of it comes into play. They just kept trying to make it like, no, this was all planned out. It's like, no, there's something there's something like in the skill of having a story. And then realizing what the story you have is like, oh, what if we made this the middle of a story that nobody knows? Like, that's mm. awesome. Like, there's the, I don't know why they have to distract, like, detract from that and make it like, no, he had it all planned out from the jump. And it's like, uh, like no. And the other thing, too, is like, I don't know why we have to pretend that these movies were all planned out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, mean, I mean, because like, they clearly weren't. <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> what you say in the Splinter of the Mind's Eye episode. Like, yeah. this is the proof that it was not planned out. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where people dislike the idea of the myth or the legend more than yeah, what sure. history actually is. It's like, oh, he had it all planned out since 1974. Yeah. It's like, no, he didn't. Yeah. But um, well, the, the background of the, like you were saying, the background of the prequels is so much better than the story that we're given. It's like, uh, was that episode of Community where if you look in the background, like Abed's like helping a woman give birth, but he's not in the rest of the episode. And like, and so, and the rest of the episode is just okay, but like clearly something better is happening in the background that no one pays attention to. And that's what the, the prequels are. It's like all the, the politician stuff, all the Obi-Wan stuff is much more interesting. And then what they give you, uh, was it last episode where someone said that the prequels should have been made through Obi-Wan's perspective primarily? Yeah, I guess I did say that. Oh, what this show was making me realize was that Obi-Wan's a more interesting main character. Yeah, mm. which is going yeah. back to the working class Jedi thing. Yeah. And like, like to see him struggle and stuff like that. And even like Qui-Gon Jinn, 
he was, I think, ostensibly the main character of the first movie. He was an interesting character unto himself because, like, who is this maverick Jedi who's going against the rules and then he's dead? And you think it would have went over to Obi-Wan after that point, but they kind of do, like, well, an equal so, Obi-Wan Anakin yeah, sort yeah, of... I mean, it's sort no of does, it's, thing. It sort of does. They're sort of co-leads in episode two. It's yeah. like there are the two of them. As compared to, like, Rey being the main character and Luke being the main character, the prequels, yeah. it's like, Anakin or Obi-Wan is the main character? <laughs> Depending just, on... You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Bracey, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I love the volume stage. I love that it's making these shows possible. And I think it's amazing what it can do. But in this episode in particular, I think we're starting to see the limits of what the volume can do. And I do not mean this in a negative way. It's just an observation. One of the reasons why the volume stage, which is the wall of screens that moves along with the camera, so they're able to capture the backgrounds in camera instead of shooting things against a blue or green screen and compositing the backgrounds in later. One of the reasons why it makes these huge epic shows possible is because you don't have to build physical sets, yet you're able to capture all of the interactive lighting and the genuine reactions of the actors seeing the environments you get all of that in camera and it's so much it's so much faster etc cetera, etc cetera. but i can't help but notice a lot of the rooms are like the size of the volume stage because it's sort of like you know if you have to come up with an interior location and you don't want to build it physically you want to do it in the volume you're limited by the size of the volume stage right so so it seems like a lot of these more than a few of these interior locations have like the internal volume i'm using that with the meaning of the word not the name of the of the stage like the in, <laughs> the inside the inside of the room the space inside of the room just happens to be about the same size of the volume stage itself if that makes any sense mm. and then um i also think that the more comfortable you get with the uh the technology i imagine you start to like play a little fast and loose with it Mm -hmm. And like there was one shot when Tala, the Indira Varma character, when uh, the shot we were talking about uh, where she stopped at the checkpoint and then she goes on through the door opens and she walks off. And then if you look at the floor, the reflection on the floor completely stops. And I feel like that's the scene where the physical set floor stops and the volume stage begins. I don't know. I could be wrong. It's just like now I'm like sort of looking for it. So because before when they were on uh, Tatooine or they had like some foliage in the ground, you could hide where the scene was. But when you have a set that a flat reflective material, that's harder to hide because it's a straight line. Right. It's funny that you say that because I was playing that scene as you were talking about it. And I was that's like funny. looking at them I'm and I just went back just to look at that exact shot. And what I feel like they did there is they broke it up with that uh, uh, red-lined uh, metal detector. Oh, but I see. They still ha they have it like I think that's where that line is. Oh, I and see. And beyond that, like it, it is a projection. So they have the you know like the the reflections are there. Okay, so they, it's not I the mean, reflections, but, yeah. But I but I I hear what you're saying. They they are they're like you know they're trying to fit everything within their their magic box right like and like they've got so, the magic so box. you know so you know which is fine like like i'm yeah. i'm not someone who's like okay i can see how they're using the technology and therefore 
my suspension of disbelief is ruined <laughs> and the show sucks now. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that at all. Like, yeah, yeah. like yeah, it's no, just like, it's just so interesting how this technology, same as any other technology, has amazing uses, but also has certain limitations. It has things that it's good at and has things that it's less good at. So it's yeah. been, I don't know, fun for lack of a a better word, like to kind of see where the seams are literally and figuratively. It's like that love of not trying to take something apart to criticize it, but to take something apart because we're trying to figure out how, how it works because yeah. we want to understand it so mm -hmm. we can use that same knowledge, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's, what, it's... what I like that they did with the, like what the, I like what they're trying to do is like, create a setting in which they can use it at, to their strength like exactly in rooms where you're under uh underwater um which also presented that opportunity for for obi-wan to like show up like he just went to naboo and he jumped in the water <laughs> and yeah. like it's like you know calling back to i'm getting back into my had <laughs> one base um but like uh oh uh, yeah I, I i feel like it's uh it's 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 cool. I'm looking forward to seeing what else they they try to do with it. They're they're gonna they're gonna fail. Like you know, at some point they're doing amazing. But like yeah, as they as they play fast and loose, they're de we're definitely gonna see where yeah, it stretches. I, it it kind of stretched a lot in Boba Fett, and that was to me, and which was funny because the same people then did the episode of Boba Fett that was basically the Mandalorian. And it was incredible again. And it's like, mm -hmm. wait, what is what is how it's the same equipment. What no, well, because different directors uh, were no, handling well, yeah, it. So, so, so it's like, so it's a different director and it's a different situation. It's a different circumstance. It's a, you know, it's a different planet. And like, you don't know where on the schedule that shoot was and how tired mm. everyone was and like, you know, what money they had already spent. So it's like, you know, it's really hard to judge where it works really well versus one where it works well, less well, because like yeah. you have no idea the circumstances that they no, were I made up with. the circumstances I, in my mind and that's 100% accurate. Indeed. So that's, yeah. what, I'm, that's uh, what I'm judging by. Bernhardt, I, I was going to say, I would, I, would, I would argue that you would notice these things because imperial set designs are big and spacious and very like rectangle, like just like straight lines. Sure. Yeah. So it's easier to, to spot borders because borders are a big part of like right. their, their design as compared sure. to like, um, I don't know, the carbon freezing room, which actually would be a perfect set for the volume because. A There's perfect no set walls. for the volume. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, yeah. The other thing that I was thinking of when they landed at, um, is it called, is it really called Fortress Inquisitorious? I thought yes, that was a joke when so. they said it in the episode. Is it actually a joke? Because it, it, maybe that was a joke for them, but they said it kind of serious, didn't they? The first time I thought it was a joke. And then the second time I realized I don't think it's a joke. I also read some people on Twitter were referring to it and I don't think they were joking either. So I was like, oh shit. I mean, I should just probably check Wikipedia and see, and see what it actually. Hey, if you have a Darth Maul and a Dar Darth Tyrannus and a Darth Sidious and a General Grievous, it's like they're they yeah they're kind of on the nose <laughs> no, of but, everything, you know. Uh, but what's so weird though about Inquisitorious is that it's like specifically the construction of a dead language on here on. Maybe Earth. it's not dead for them. Oh man, maybe it's <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's the uh... um uh, the other thing also, and this is like the nitpick of all nitpicks, but once I had the thought, it was driving me crazy. So it's this really, really amazing environment, the hangar on Fortress Inquisitorius, where, <laughs> you know, you have the clouds in the distance behind them, right? But I realized, though, those clouds should be a little more blown out, right? So because, like, mm. if you're exposing for the people inside, the cloud should be blown out, and you shouldn't be able to see the detail in those clouds. Right? Oh, man. I love it. I don't know. Their white balance was off, you nerd. <laughs>
Well, you're right. You're right. Somebody back me up here. Cameron would have gotten that right. No, you're you're right. You're right. So because so because then uh, so Bracey, you have the episode in front of you. Yeah. Go to the end where they fly away and they escape. Reva is standing at the edge of the opening with her lightsaber, and the stormtroopers are walking away toward the camera. Tell me that it doesn't look like those stormtroopers are standing in the middle of an LED soundstage. The lighting is completely different. Yeah, yeah, no, it, right? it is. I mean, you can see uh, that the light source is coming from the open, yeah. uh, the open side. And all but I'm also, saying is that like I really like dark. It's like they, I feel like they chose that more for mood. Not, mm. I, I agree. Oh, oh, actually, yeah. There's parts where the lighting's. What I'm saying is, so what I'm saying is, had they just made the clouds a little brighter and blown out. I don't think that that would have been a problem because you would have had the glow wrap around the stormtroopers and you wouldn't have noticed. Yeah. Right? I think yeah. I have that's amazing. Two thoughts. I have two thoughts about that. One, a tongue in cheek comment. Maybe it's more accurate to the original trilogy because in the original trilogy, that probably would have been a matte painting and that matte painting would have been fair. Very true. Lit and in focus. Uh, but on Very top true. of that, connected to that though, this episode, I was noticing some. I don't know, jankiness a little bit with some of the special effects. Like when Reva is like fighting the the speeder by herself, mm. it's like, is that speeder like half the size that it should be? <laughs> like, like she looks like she's like three times the size of the spaceship that she's fighting. Mm. And it looks like it's five feet away from her. And I was like, something happened and with the perspective here that they didn't find. I feel like because of the TV thing, they didn't have enough time to fine tune it. But I was like, something was weird with that. And like when the, the ship landed in the hangar, I was like, that looked weird when it landed in the hangar. Like it's some, something, something about it, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, that's interesting because I read someone else on Twitter say that they thought there was something weird about the speeder and I didn't know what they were talking about. And even just rewatching it again in preparation for I this episode. I think it episode, looks too small. I don't know. I didn't bump on it. Yeah. Well, I, was, so I was thinking about like the maneuvers they're doing inside the building was mm -hmm. like weird for me because I think I'm so used to like they're the ships kind of obviously the room's bigger than the ships but it's like mm -hmm. for, for them to be doing like top gun-esque maneuvers inside the building i was just yeah i was a little thrown off way, by that and the way one just kind of stays put like without yeah. moving it's almost like wouldn't you think it'd be in constant motion type of thing you would but, have to well, I would no, think, well but, no because like we're so really getting are... into nitpicking weeds right now this well, is because just the show sucks and <laughs> star wars sucks <laughs> you know spaceship people yeah. yeah. Well, so no, not to get all Star Trek-y on you, but a T-47 ah. is not a spaceship. It's a speeder, right? It's a speeder. So, it's a speeder. So, speeder. So, so when it is inside, it's it can not hover, like... It can Harrier jet yeah, kind it of can thing. Hover. Yes, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And then they follow the rules of the universe. Like when they fly away, they fly into the hangar of the cruiser that's in the atmosphere because a T-47, again, a speeder, not a spaceship. It can't, mm -hmm. it can't fly out of the it atmosphere. It can't fly in space. That's right. I'm just saying. So for all attention those... Attention to detail. Man. Yeah, attention to detail. Bracey, we're too cool for these people. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't rope me in with you. No, no, no. <laughs> um, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I think those weird perspective things and those weird lighting things with the volume stage is because it is so close to being photo real that like mm -hmm. like you were saying, John, like if they shot this against a blue screen and they had an old school matte painting composited behind them, you we would just see like, like oh, you know, I know what this stuff. is. Yeah, it's like yeah. you would know what it is. It does not look realistic at all, but it communicates the idea and looks so cool 
that you go with it. But the closer you get to photorealistic, the more those little things start to stand out. Like an uncanny right. valley of yes, yeah. atmosphere exactly. rather than people. Yeah. It's like the idea of like, uh, especially when back in the days of green screen, when like everything was in focus. And it's mm -hmm. like, just yeah. because you could put it in there doesn't mean it should be in focus. It looks unnatural. You have to have some sort you of shadow your, like, different field, yeah, yep. you know? But I think that was never a problem with the volume because they did that wonderfully with Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. uh, but, you know, sometimes these things sun. come up. It's a different sun. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We're, we're there like, you go. The, these poor like people were probably like working to the bone, got it out <laughs> just <laughs> under the deadline, making like <laughs> making little things like, you know what? I, we're just going to have to let it go. We, we don't have enough time to render no, this. No, but, but it works. Like, then, those clouds are these, exposed These four guys are just sitting there like... Uh... But to be completely honest with you, that is 100% true. And that's also something that I love about it. Like, I love the volume stage because of what it allows you to do so well, so quickly. So without the volume stage, we would not have this show and we would not have all these other shows. The only reason that we're able to is because of this technology. No, That's... it's very true. It's just like, and again, like we're not saying the show sucks. We're not saying it's bad. It's just like, but that's also part of our viewing experiences. We're going to notice this stuff as... No, and we're discussing it, and, and this yeah, is the yeah, place yeah. to do it. And I just thought I would uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I remind you, you that a T-47 is designed yeah. to operate in atmosphere <laughs> and not in the vacuum of space. That's all I'm saying, I'm, guys. Well, I'm, I'm going, going look to at me like watch. That. I'm going to watch the episode again. I'm going to write down every CG artist and compositor. I'm going to give you the list, and I think you owe them an apology for, um, for this. I think it's because we, as a, as a podcast, we look at things uh, very much through a filmmaking perspective, which I think is lost on a lot of people. Like, I... You you posted the thing uh, you shared with me like the somebody made like a deep fake of like young Ana or as old Anakin yeah. as Vader when he's dying, and I commented on it about how I kind of preferred the original version because it it changes the meaning of everything. No, some yeah, guy. No, I mean, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah I, I no, I actually I thought it was very impressive. I thought it was yeah. very. I thought it was. I was like, this is a really good exercise. Like, this is really cool. But um. But uh. Some guy commented on it and he was like, well, he's not supposed to be old. He's only 45 years old. And it's like, you're not looking at it from the perspective of a movie made in 1982. You know? It's yeah, like, yeah. Right. And like, right. he's looking at it from like everything that exists now. Yeah, why, yeah. Doesn't, why doesn't it line up to now? And it's like, because you, because there was no now. They didn't know how old this guy right. was supposed to be. But anyways, I think that's the whole point of what we're talking about. It's like, we're talking about deadlines we're talking about what they could do with cameras we're talking about the technology that's available and so you know we notice things from time to time <laughs> from time to time from, from time to time, time, to time. <laughs> oh goodness all right closing thoughts Bracey. i think i'm gonna be sad there's only two more episodes i know left. No, I, I think i'm, I'm actually man. gonna be like yeah. kind of longing to see this again yeah me too Oh, I, um, I almost said so Obi-Wan. Hugh McGregor joked that at, at the convention, he was like, you know, like, maybe I'll see you in season two. And everyone went nuts. And I was like, please mm -hmm. let there be a season two. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take it. I'll really take loving it. the show a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm excited for the next episode. And um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just sad that uh, we're already so quickly at the end yeah. of, of this. We've got one, one less. I think we've got, a one ramp up with Riva. I think we're going to see a nice fight between uh, Obi-Wan and Riva next episode. And then 
and then the final showdown with Vader, which I think is going to be something something to to cherish. So yeah. that's going to be yeah. cool. Looking forward to it. Indeed, Johnny. Closing thoughts. I really can't wait to see the next two episodes. I I have literally some. I I, I can guess where they're going to go with it, um, but I think uh, there's going to be things that are going to happen that we are are not going to be able to predict. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with Reva's position in the show because Vader uh, is there as a counterpoint, and the Grand Inquisitor still might be alive. You know, well, it's one of those yeah. things. But I'm very curious, beyond all that action shit, which I love, um, this show is all about character for me. And mm -hmm. I just love seeing Obi-Wan's journey and even little Leia becoming more like Leia, uh, Carrie Fisher Leia. Leia. So um, I just really want to see the moment or the process of Obi-Wan transcending into something bigger than himself and uh, being more of... Uh, the Jedi master and the way that we remember as Alec Guinness. And like, Absolutely. I don't even care about the ninja shit. I just want to see him like have a personal sort of like, uh, I don't know, moment or catharsis for himself. Absolutely. Murray, closing thoughts. I'm, I'm so hooked on this. It hits me on so many levels of emotions of my mental being thinking. It's just great. So I'm definitely going to tune in. I'm thinking that, Qui-Gon is going to impart something onto Obi-Wan that he's going to say in the last um, battle with Vader, which is going to rock Vader's world. And that's why he was but the learner. Like he's going to say mm. something because because Anakin knows who Qui-Gon is. Uh, like it's the whole thing. So like I think whatever insight he's going to get from Qui-Gon, he's going to use almost against Anakin. Not like against him, but like, you yeah. know, in his favor to to escape and that i think that's where that they're gonna retcon that line from um new, from hope, new hope in yep. yeah so i think it's gonna i think that's gonna be the case and then i was just thinking i made the joke about writing down all the graphic artists and stuff that were on that the thing i bet you we could probably track down some on in, on social media and get them on this podcast because it's not like tracking down you mcgregor no I'll offense to the thing but like i bet I'll you we could shot. do like you like and see what, yeah that's a really mean, good that, idea see what you like, can dig up how great would that be because they could tell us how they do no the, of course i would love the, it the, yeah and, and let's no. get real here like we're 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 talking about we're like nitpicking a porsche man i mean yeah. it's just like like the things that they're doing isn't they're incredible no, but if it, if so, it doesn't like, make no, I, I would love emphasize to hear, this enough. like this yeah. is not yeah I mean, I can't say it's not a nitpick because I think this is the literal definition of nitpick, but it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not like trying to be negative. It's like, I'm exactly. just like, yeah, no, I like get it. And, to, yeah, it's like, like, it's, it it's like, yeah. it's like but, real academic. It's like yeah. real question, you know? Yeah. It's like when you're a kid and you have a remote control car and you take it apart because you want to see how it, see works, how it works and then you, yeah. I think it's great. But I also think we're the reason why we get like jokingly defensive about is because we live in a society that if something's not a hundred percent perfect, then it well, sucks and we hate it. Or well, if it's not true. if it's not catered to me personally, if Star Wars is not catered to me <laughs> in yeah. every aspect of it, then I hate it and it sucks and it's nobody should watch it. Exactly. I think we're going to see Obi-Wan try to not fully bring Anakin back to the light side, but I do think he's he's going to make an appeal and give Anakin a chance to 
come around or do the right thing, you know, if for no other reason than to be dead certain that he's more machine than man. Yeah. Yeah. Because that will give the line Vader has in Return of the Jedi more meaning when he says to Luke that Obi-Wan once thought as you do. Exactly. And I, um, I think that that goes with the idea of um, what uh, Murray was alluding to before with like, he's like, I don't know, planting the idea of like Qui-Gon's teaching into Anakin in that moment mm-hmm. and being yeah. like, hey, remember, remember Qui-Gon, the guy that discovered you, the mm-hmm. guy that believed in you, like the, the, it's still possible for you, Anakin, in some way yeah. to still you attain the be, light. He's more powerful you know? than we could ever be, and he still sees hope. For I just you, had a crazy yes. thought. Do you know what would be really crazy is if oh, like, I to tie it all? Anakin? No, well, to tie it all into what we were saying before about how Obi Wan is sort of learning how to have a connection and like how to be. Wouldn't it be crazy if somehow either from Qui Gon himself or from what Obi Wan says to Vader slash Anakin, if that's what contributes to what he does in Return of the Jedi and why and how he's able to reappear as a Force ghost at the end. I think that's that's what they're going to do because I think that's going to be in his brain for the rest of his life until his death. Um, Whether or not he's actively training on it or not or, you Mm. know, you can can say some bullshit like, oh, he's the prophecy messiah dude, so he's really good at this shit. But Mm. like, but I think you're right. I think that's going to be in his brain kind of like how when at the end of the Empire Strikes Back, when Luke chooses to jump off the ledge and leave Vader, that changes Vader. Mm. I think their final confrontation of sorts in the show is going to change Vader as well, which is going to make him much more of the Darth Vader of the New Hope than the mm, yeah. rage-filled dude in this show. You know? Yeah. No, it's got, and the the tension for me is that all all we know is that uh, Obi Wan can't die. Right. That's the only solace that we're given. But because and of Leia. well, and Leia, yeah. But because of the mods and the the tank and everything like that, anything could happen to Obi Wan. Like he could yeah. lose his arm, he could lose anything, and then it's just uh. So he's not completely safe from from harm. Um. So that that gives some stakes, and then same with Leia. Yeah, of course she's gonna survive and stuff like that. But no, absolutely. Uh, I'm wondering but, if they're going to um, almost kind of like Harry Potter esque, like uh, when they. The, the aunt and uncle will try to make him not realize that he's a wizard because if they're looking for people that are force sensitive, like, so if they're hunting for force sensitive, maybe it's something that they, they work on keeping under control because she's so force sensitive. She knows that she knows she has the force, like she's like getting it. Mm-hmm. And so for her to not act on it at all up until she's in space, like it's just, um, it's funny because I never really I thought about it. I, I think that's a really interesting thought, but I never really thought about a threat of Luke or Leia just randomly floating a rock by accident or something like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they do. I feel like you kind of just explained it right there with Luke. I think Owen and Baru are really stifling Luke on purpose. Mm-hmm. And because he's stifled, as we see with Obi-Wan, if you stifle yourself, you're not going to be able to free yourself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with your powers and everything. That being said with Leia, it's a great excuse because they just say like, oh, it's political savvy and charisma. Mm. And so everything that she does in the show is not about like, it's not about uh, tangible things. It's about intuition. Mm. So they could just say she's really intuitive, you know, oh, she yeah, can read true, people yeah. really well. And so she might just think that without even thinking about it. That and like she doesn't know she has like, she doesn't even know yeah. that that's partially the force, you know, yeah. and same thing with Luke, he could be really good at piloting. 
without realizing that like why he's partially the force. Him, yeah. He just thinks that he's awesome, you know, in a cockpit. He thinks he's wizard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my guys. On that note, All right, yeah. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please visit Trash Pod. Trash. God damn it! Please visit. <laughs> <laughs> Please visit TrashComPod.com where you can rate and review the show and find us at TrashComPod on Instagram and TrashComPod1 on Twitter. And we will see you on the next one for Obi-Wan Kenobi Part 5.